Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning! Diarrhea! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Wow, am I excited. Wow, am I excited because it is the National League Division Series starting today with the Brewers and the Braves. But then tonight you got the Giants and the Dodgers. And before we get to anything, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco in Odyssey Station. Now, before we do get to some baseball talk, because we did have a couple of games yesterday, and I'm not going to go through a full, uh, a full recap for you, but... The Astros ended up beating up on the White Sox. They won 6-1, and the Rays won 5 to nothing. So both home teams won in their respective games. But I do want to talk just a tiny bit about that football game last night. Now, that first, that first half was just so poorly called. It was, it was just not a good game. How is it? That every time on Thursday Night Football, there's a bad matchup, which there tend to be a lot of them during Thursday Night Football. But whenever there's a bad matchup, it turns into a good game. And then when there's a good matchup, as the Seahawks and the Rams were supposed to be, an NFC West rival game, it turns out to be a bad one. Like, what? What? what is this? What is th- This is football, I guess. This is just football. This is what football is. But here's uh, what caught me yesterday. Now, in that, in that first half, like I mentioned, not a good game. It was, uh, it was a lot like the 49ers and the Seahawks, where it was just a bad first half, really, uh, by both teams, even though one appeared to be dominating. Uh, but in the second half, Russell Wilson gets an injury where his middle finger was bent in a way which it's not supposed to be. Whenever you're straightening your finger out, it's the tip of the finger is not meant to be bent as you're extending your entire hand and trying to make a, 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 a high five. <laughs> your, your finger's not meant to do that. So... I saw that yesterday, and I was like, damn. And then Geno Smith comes in, and there was no chance. The Rams end up getting the win. And I actually do think that uh, I do think that the NFC West still is wide open. And I wish this show was a little later on in the day, because we're not going to get an update on Jimmy Garoppolo until practice actually starts. And there could be a possibility that if he does play, uh, or he does practice today, that he could go on Sunday. But if Trey Lance goes and he beats the Cardinals, that NFC West is going to get interesting. But that, that wasn't just what I wanted to talk about with football. Pete Carroll had a weird quote after the game when talking about Russell Wilson's finger. Here's what he said. Quote, He's got a badly sprained finger that we need to figure out. Russell's one of the great healers of of all time. And he'll do whatever he can to get back as soon as as absolutely possible. Let me read that second sentence again since I totally botched it. Russell's one of the great healers of all time. And he'll do whatever he can to get back as soon as absolutely possible. (laughs) What, What kind of a way is that to word it? One of the great healers of all time? Like, what is he, a doctor? <laughs> like, what an what a odd way to, to, to word that kind of thing. One of the great heal Russell Wilson, Super Bowl champ, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, 
one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that really we've seen for the past decade. He will go down uh, in history. Whenever we're talking about the 2010s, you can't talk about it without mentioning Russell Wilson at quarterback. And, you know, probably a future Hall of Famer. And that whole discussion is not even, it doesn't even need to be had right now. But also, great healer of all time, Russell Wilson. <laughs> and Gino Smith, my friend texted me yesterday because he ended up having a, a bet on the game. And he texted me after it was over because on the final drive when the Seahawks actually had a had a chance to score back, uh, uh, to score and possibly put the game uh, within reach, instead... Geno Smith just throws a pick right away, and everyone is chanting, Geno, Geno. But my friend texted me, and he says, I was afraid of Geno Smith in 2021 because he bet the Rams. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The great healers of all time, Russell Wilson. I don't know if that's what I would have pegged him. But let's transition to some baseball because there was a baseball game happening at the same time. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, how excited for you are this matchup? Are you going to the game? What are you going to be plans for the week? What are your plans going to be for the weekend? But I do want to talk a little bit about one guy on this Rays team here. And last year, if you paid any sort of attention to the playoffs, and I actually think uh, Major League Baseball even though everything that happened leading up to that 60-game season, Major League Baseball was looking terrible, but their playoffs were fantastic. And one guy last season who was just a star. You know how the postseason in whichever sport, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, there's always that one guy who turns into a star and makes himself known among the national spotlight. Well, that guy was Randy Arozarena. And yet again, in the Rays' 5 to nothing win over the Red Sox last night, Arosa Reyna did it again. 3-2. High drive, way back, he'll admire it. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, long gone. His 11th postseason home run in 21 games, and it's 4 nothing Rays. Credit to FS1 for that audio. So that was in the fifth inning, and he made it a 4 nothing ball game. And, and the Red Sox really weren't doing anything. The Rays actually look the Rays look really good. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if the Reds or I don't know if the Red Sox have the pitching in order to keep up with the depth that the Rays have uh, because they were rolling out Shane McClanahan yesterday, and McClanahan is. The lefty who's throwing 97 miles an hour with movement. I don't even know how you catch up to that ball, uh, but they're the type of team that can, you know, just kill you. Kill you with their offense and kill you with their pitching, too. They only had to use four pitchers yesterday as opposed to the Red Sox, whose starter could only go an inning and two thirds, and that was uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. But Arandia Rosarena, that happened in the fifth when he hit the home run, and as soon as he hit it, it would have been on Langford's long balls earlier this season if he would have done that during the regular season. But as soon as he hit it, he looks to his dugout, starts pounding his chest, and it's cool. It's a lot of fun, right? And then in the seventh inning, Arozarena is on third, and the pitcher who's up at the uh, up at the mound is a lefty. And this dude is not looking over at third at all, especially when he would go into the stretch and, and, and come together. And Randy Rosarena does this. There goes Rosarena. He steals home in October. He timed it up. Watch how he times it. As soon as he goes to that, there was a timing mechanism that was taking place on every pit. This guy steals home to make it five to nothing. Now, I'm not saying this guy is Madison Bumgarner, okay? I'm not saying that at all, but with the way that he hits in the regular season, last year he only played in uh, 23 out of the 60 games, so it's not like he had that many at-bats, and he had a 281 average, 7 home runs, 11 RBIs, no stats to write home about, although that is pretty good in 23 games. This year he only missed uh, 21, which is still a pretty substantial amount, but he played in 141 games this year, had a 274 batting average, 20 home runs, 69 RBIs, nice, 170 strikeouts compared to the 56 walks. So 
more strikeouts than hits, that's never good. So he wasn't known as one of the top hitters in baseball. He's not going to make a run at the American League MVP. But in the postseason, he manages to come through. And I wonder, when I'm looking at him last night, when I'm looking at him last year too, is there going to be that guy for the Giants? Is there going to be one specific player who makes a name for themselves within this postseason? Because it happens every year. Right? We had Cody Ross. We had Marco Scudero. Hell, Hunter Pence. You could put Hunter Pence's name on there, up on there too. Madison Bumgarner, another one of those guys. Right, who is going to be that guy this year for the Giants? Or is it going to be a veteran? Is it going to be the veteran on the team who we all know? Is it going to be, you know, Buster Posey? Is Brandon Crawford going to have a huge postseason? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Logan Webb? That's my that's my curiosity here because with every team, at least with the winning teams, there's always some sort of star who's born in the postseason, and I just wonder who that's going to be. And I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, who is that going to be? Who is that one player on the Giants that's going to be the Randy Arozarena of this team, the guy who is making all the headlines. And I haven't even mentioned this, but a Rosarena with that home run and also stealing home, he's the first player in postseason history to do so, and he's only 26 years old. Shows what I'm doing. I'm, I'm 28 years old, and I was just having trouble getting up this morning. Like, this dude is insane. And then also, Nelson Cruz had a home run yesterday. I love seeing Nelson Cruz. I don't know. I understand that yeah, he's the, the, he's the one guy that I look to whenever I'm thinking about the Giants and the Rangers and the Giants winning the World Series back in 2010, and it's Nelson Cruz striking out on that pitch from Brian Wilson. I always think of that. But Nelson Cruz, seeing him in his, what, age... I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm accurate on this. I don't want to, I don't want to be mean. His age 41 season, he's still hitting bombs. <laughs> I love to see that. I love to see that. But I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero who you think that guy can be. From the five one zero, don't hate on Gito. The receiver fell down on his route. If not, he makes the catch or it's incomplete. That's the Herb Master. Sorry, five one zero. Sorry that I hated on Geno Smith. Although I will say that that throw to DK Metcalf that he had later in the game, that was pretty nice. And also from the 408, is this the pregame show? Why, yes it is, 408. This is the pregame show uh, with Stephen Langford. And as we announced the new lineups yesterday, and it's going to be starting on October 11th, uh, you're going to have Joe Shasky and Bonte Hill for the morning roast from 6 to 9. Then you're going to have Mark Willard and Dibs from 9 to 12. Then you're going to have Steiny and Goo from 12 to 3. And then you're going to have Damon and Ratto from 3 to 6, and then Kolsky's going to be taking over from 6 to 10. But this is the first time that your boy got put on the little graphic thing. Finally. What's up, Bush? Steven, Steven, I'm sabotaging your show. Okay. I'm fully admitting it. Uh-huh. You probably hate me right now. You're fine. Dog, I'm so fired up. Yeah. yeah. I drove by AT&T Park. I stopped the car. Yeah. I saw a bunch of camera crews out in front. Already. Already. And I got out. And I showed them my flag. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like some like, no, I mean, I brought a giant flag, literally brought a giant flag <laughs> and I waved it in front of everyone. And they looked at me and they said, beat L.A. Really? This city is going down. You know, those giant pennants that you see going up and down in Barcadero, mm-hmm. those things like you'll drive by and it'll be like, together, everyone achieves more. Right. Giants. Yes. They're replacing all of them right now. And there's these guys in these huge like lifts, you know? I slowed the car down, started honking, and all year, let's go, Giants! This city, today's the official reopening it's of bu- San Francisco. It's buzzing, huh? Steven, I've never been more excited in my <laughs> life for this game. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how much I needed this in my life. Yeah. Are you pumped up? I'm so fired up, dude. I'm going to be going to the game tomorrow, oh. and, and to, I can't wait for that one, And depending on how tonight goes, but hey, right now... Every home game, every home team has won a game so far. The Rays at home, five nothing. Astros at home, six to one over the White Sox. Feeling good about being a home team right now. I'm I'm telling you, I've heard from everyone, high and low. There might be eight hundred thousand people in this game tonight. That's how many people claim they're going tonight. My God. I, I look, I, I know you got the rest of your show. I just want to say Soak this in, San Francisco. I know. These are so few and far between. Right now is a moment in time. 
And that's all I keep thinking about. You know what? Just join the conversation right now. I know we got to get to break, but give me one name. Just one yeah. name here. Who can be the Randy Arozarena for this Giants team going forward? That guy on the Rays makes a name for himself, at least in the past two postseasons. And last night, he already makes postseason history, being the first player to hit a home run and steal home. Who could be that guy for the Giants this year? Give me one name. I got this feeling that Mikey Yaz is going to do something special in this series. He has had one of those kind of up-and-down seasons, but quietly, he's actually been much steadier than what the raw numbers suggest. Mikey Yaz needed to turn the page from that 225 batting average, and you just get into the postseason. I got this feeling he pops. I love that. I love that. I got a couple of names myself, and we're going to get to that on the other side. 888-957-9570. That's the text line of the phone number. Steven Lankford did all the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford here with you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this weekend is going to be nuts. This weekend's going to be insane. We got the Giants and the Dodgers. We got Game 1 and Game 2. Then you got the 49ers and Cardinals. We await to see what happens today at practice if Trey Lance is actually going to go or not. If Jimmy Garoppolo practices, then it seems like there's going to be uh, a pretty solid... Uh, it seems like there's going to be a pretty solid chance that Garoppolo is playing, but Kyle Shanahan is saying that he's not even like stepping into his throws. So at this point, I know this is a big game. This is a big game, but hell, <laughs> just play Trey Lance. Just do it. Because it doesn't seem like Garoppolo's 100% after he didn't even practice yesterday. Hey, there's no Just play Trey Lance. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. But continuing on with the Giants here at 888-957-9570. And let me play these two highlights for you because the question is, who can be the Randy Arozarena for the Giants this postseason? Who can be the guy that, you know, maybe doesn't make the rounds in the, in the, in the regular season? Doesn't always make it to MLB Network with every highlight. Doesn't always get put on Twitter and everyone retweets it. It's not like they're the face of, you know, baseball's Instagram, which, again, they still do a terrible job of doing. But Randy Rosarena from the Tampa Bay Rays last season in the, in the, in the postseason, he was the star for that Tampa Bay team that made it to the World Series along with their, along with their pitching. And he's continued that track this year already in game one. 3-2. High drive, way back, he'll admire it. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, long gone. His 11th postseason home run in 21 games, and it's 4-0 Rays. There goes Rosalina, he steals home in October. He timed it up. Watch how he times it. As soon as he goes to that, there was a timing mechanism that was taking place on every pitch. Credit to Fox Sports 1 with the audio. And Arena became the first player in postseason history to hit a home run and steal home in the same game. And he did it with just such swag, too. Such swag. And we're getting here from the 5-7-4. Lamont Wade Jr. is going to go absolutely ham this postseason. From the 408, I think Yaz is going to have one or two clutch plays, but I think the media is going to make him the face of the Giants' playoffs because of his grandpa. Also from the 408, Wade is going to shine during the playoffs. That's a contract here. And another 408 number. Any future low Neal guest appearances? 
Maybe, maybe, but I'd, I'd have to tape that interview. I'm not going to force, oh, come on, I'm not going to force Lowe to wake up at 5 in the morning. Besides, we all we all know what Lowe does. He's just probably getting up at 5 and, you know, going to going to do his crazy workout. I'm telling you, I've never seen a guy, uh, he would come in, you know, when he was working on the morning show, he would come in here at 5.55 every morning just sweating sweating because he was just went on like a went on like a five mile run it's like dude <laughs> he's up there you got a four hour show to do but one guy and and this isn't a guy who isn't well known this isn't a guy who is you know who who isn't appreciated among baseball but the guy's name is Buster Posey now i understand he's got three rings and, and all of that but this season, what he did with his year off, I mean, not only did he, you know, get in shape and I'm sure really worked on his swing and, and do all those different things to create the sort of production that he's had on the field, but overall in the po- in the postseason, uh, really outside of, uh, you know, outside of 2010, he he has not been that great in the postseason, at least from the batter's box. Now, Buster Posey, his value as catcher, that can't go overlooked. I mean, come on, it's it's Buster Posey. You're going to have him catching anytime you can. He can handle these. He can handle the pitching staff. But from the batter's box, outside of you know maybe the World Series in 2010 and and the National League Division Series in 2014. He hasn't been that great. And Hunter Pence was on yesterday with the morning roast, and he was asked if he'd talked with any of uh, the team about this postseason. And he said, no, we didn't really talk because I'm sure they're focused on the postseason right now and they don't want to talk to me. Tommy LaStella is a guy I talk to because I'm actually friends with him from a former team. But he also mentioned this in passing as well about Buster Posey. I mean, this is this is very special. And, and you know, every, every year me and Buster would always talk about, man, it would be incredible. It would be so fun to play the Dodgers in a playoff series. Unfortunately for me, that never happened. But I know for Buster and this year it, it, it's going to happen. And I know how excited they are for it. So Buster Posey, I think, has always wanted to play these Dodgers. And not only that, not only that, but if they get past the Dodgers and get all the way to the World Series and, hell, win a World Series, I wonder if this can be part of his motivation. I wonder if he actually knows this, but he could <laughs> he could join a list of players where... Besides any Yankees and Dodgers, he can join those players in being the only guy to win four rings with the same team. With the same team. Because there's the Yankees, there's a there's a few Yankees that are on this list, and then there's a few Dodgers that are on this list within the National League. But that's it. But that's it. You can go back to the early 1900s, all pre-1920 if you want to talk about that. But the first World Series winning team to receive a ring, an actual ring, was in 1922. So really, that doesn't count. But there's a possibility he could join four different Dodgers in Jim Gilliam, Sandy Koufax, and Johnny Poders, Padres? I don't know how to pronounce that name. But all these guys played for the Dodgers within the 50s and 60s. Then when we're talking about the Yankees, I mean, we all know how many postseasons they've won. But... Man, he could join a list where immediately he'd get thrusted into the Hall of Fame. This could be huge for Buster Posey. And with the way that he's been hitting from the plate, just as well as he's been hitting really in his entire career. I mean, the dude's had a three oh four batting average. He's hit 18 home runs, and he's had 56 RBIs. I want to see him show out in the postseason. I want to see him show out. That's what I really want to do. From the 707, Lowe's definitely outside on a tractor already for three hours by 6 a.m. Possibly. From the 650, I'm so hyped for this game this weekend. It's going to be wild. I'm trying to make game two. Let's go. Beat L.A. Beat L.A. Yup. I'll be out there for game two also. From the 650, late night Wade. And I think that's the guy that everybody wants to see have a big postseason. Because Lamont Wade has been that guy for the Giants this year. Which has been their, he's been their secret weapon. You know, when he comes up to the plate in the ninth inning, 
unless you're, you know, A's fans, in which you know, you know, you know how that goes. But whenever Lamont Wade comes to the plate in the ninth inning, I don't know if the opposing team's fans really understand truly how good Lamont Wade has been in that ninth inning. There's a reason why they call him late night Lamont. And I think a lot of Giants fans, just with who he is, the fact that he was traded for Sean Anderson, wasn't expected to do anything, he's that type of guy who you can be proud of as a fan, right? But hell, you never know. You never know. I mean, it could be, for all we know, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, the new Giant who hasn't really done that well this year. He's been okay. He's been okay, but there are some days where he's just looked lost at the plate. Doesn't look comfortable. And now he's had some postseason experience, and I do think that's going to help them uh, going forward. Another guy. Hell, I think with these pinch hitters and what they've been doing all season, I wonder how many pinch hit home runs Austin Slater will have if he even gets any shot at all. Because if one of these games turns into a bullpen game, right? I'm not saying you're going to be putting Austin Slater in the starting nine. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. But if one of these games goes to goes to the, gets to the point where Logan Webb or Kevin Gosman, they don't go for as long as you expect. I think Alex Wood needs to pitch Game 3. I do not trust Anthony DiSclefani in L.A. I just don't. I know we had the one good start against him, but do you remember that stat where it was like he had a 1.6 ERA against all other teams, and then against the and then against the Dodgers, he had like a 10 ERA? You remember that? It was a little less than 10, but nevertheless, the Dodgers owned him. I'd rather have Alex Wood pitch Game 3. That's just me, and that could be a conversation that we could have uh, come Monday. But if it gets to the point where it's a bullpen game and you got to pull out all the stops, I wonder if Austin Slater is going to continue to be the pinch hitter that he is, the clutch pinch hitter that he is, and come in and hit a bomb. I'd love to see that. Really would. Or with Darren Ruff, too. Darren Ruff this year has been really just a solid player at the plate. He's in the box. He's just so patient. And, you know, whenever he does get the bat on the ball, he feels like he crushes a home run every time. Man, they got a lot of depth. They got a lot of depth. (laughs) From the 8-3-1, return of the belt will take the ship home. I hope belt can play. I hope belt can play. That timetable that he had, though, as soon as as soon as soon the report was that fractured finger uh, was going to take possibly a couple of weeks, and then they're going to reevaluate it, and there was also a report that from that point on, it was going to be four weeks until, you know, they can even he can even think about playing again, and at that point, from that four weeks on, it was going to be game one of the World Series. So I don't know if Brandon Belt's going to be coming back. If he did, can you imagine that? Can you imagine if the Giants made it past the National League Division Series? If they made it past the Dodgers, in my opinion, it kind of feels like Miracle. The movie Miracle, where it's actually based on real life. So I guess it's based on the real life story. But I wasn't you know, around in 1980, so I didn't see it actually happen. But when I saw Miracle, right, and when I learned about this story, because I was real young, didn't really know about the greatest sports story in you know, all of this nation's history... But when I was when I saw Miracle, I thought, oh, the Soviet Union, they beat him in the finals. No, it turns out that was just the semis. They had another game after that, which they just totally glossed over in the movie, by the way. But that's what it feels like right now for this postseason. It feels like the Dodgers are the Soviet Union of these playoffs, and the Giants are trying to make it past them, and the Giants are Team USA. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, the National League Championship Series, you're going to have to, I think you're going to be facing the Brewers. I think the Brewers are going to to beat the Braves in the NLCS or in the NLDS. Then I think they're going to move on to the Championship Series. So I think it's going to be the Brewers that you're going to have to face. And then in the World Series, I mean, right now, it looks like it could be a Rays and Astros Championship Series. And I don't know who between those two is going to be making the World Series out of that. So it's not going to be as easy of a road. Not going to say, oh yeah, if you win this one, then you're going to win the World Series automatically because there are some good teams on the other side. But it feels like with this one, with uh, with the Dodgers, can you imagine though if they win the National League Division Series, then they get to the Championship Series and Brandon Belt makes his triumphant return? That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Speaking of Brandon Belt and guys like Lamont Wade, those are... 
some good storylines throughout the season, right? And that's what I want to get into next. If you've been listening to this show, you've heard me for the past couple of days totally botch the top five Giants list that I've been doing through the week. Started it on Tuesday. Didn't want to do it on Monday because there was too much football to talk about. But on Tuesday... Did the top five Giants starts this year from starting pitchers. Then on Wednesday, did my top five home runs of the season and just totally omitted Lamont Wade's homer on the A's off the, uh, against the A's off the list, which was a, just an error on my part. Then yesterday, when I did top five Gabe Kapler substitutions, I totally missed number three. <laughs> Let's see if I botched it today, because coming up next, my top five storylines from the Giants in this 2021 season, and hopefully it gets you ready for this postseason. All right, that's all coming up next, and we'll continue to preview Giants-Dodgers on the other side. Stephen Lightford in with you, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I just got to say, thank you so much if you're listening to this program. (laughs) I know we're talking Giants and Dodgers in the National League Division Series. But, you know, with these new, uh, with the new changes that came around with the lineup, as I'm still here from 5 to 6, and Joe and Bonte are going to continue to be on from 6 to 9 o'clock. Then from 9 to 12, it's going to be Mark Willard and Dan Dibley. Then from 12 to 3, it's going to be Steiny and Guru. Then from 3 to 6, you're going to have Damon and Ratto. And then from 6 to 10, you will have Mr. Matt Kolsky holding it down there at the nighttime. But just thank you so much. Just for tuning in, and if you're on your way to work, that's what I'll assume you're doing. You know, and if you're already working right now, and it's 5.39 in the morning, and you're on your way to work, or you're on your way home from work, as I've said multiple times, you're doing something important. That means your job's important. Whatever you're doing at this time in the morning, if you're up awake this 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 early, or hell, if you're just, you know... If you're maybe, I don't know, getting up and getting up and trying to sneak out of someone's house and you're just trying to get in early or something. I don't know. Whatever you're doing. If you're trying to be sly, just thank you. Just thank you so much for listening to this program, man. It means uh, it really does. It really does mean mean a lot to me that you guys uh, just turn on this station at five in the morning and, you know, you just keep it on throughout the day. I love that. So thank you. Thank you so much. But let's stop getting soppy for a second, shall we? All right, well that's just me. I'm the one that's I'm, I'm the one that's doing it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm hosting the show, so I guess I can answer that question. We're gonna stop uh, getting all soppy here, but I want to get into my top five Giants storylines. Now I've been doing this all week. Well, not really. I didn't do it on Monday, but on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. I've been doing my top five, different top five lists for the Giants from the 2021 season, hoping that it can help you reminisce on the greatness that was this 107-win regular season for the Giants. I, The way that it's worked out, the way that, the fact that they're facing a team which got 106 wins in the regular season and then got the one win in the wildcard game, so really you could count that as 107 wins too, and now they're going to be facing each other in the NLDS? I mean, maybe, you know, depending on the playoff format, I couldn't wish they were playing each other in the NLCS, and we still have wait to see that. But if there are any questions surrounding the Giants and whether they deserved that National League West title, if there were any questions at all about that, we don't have any. Not here in the Bay Area. We know they deserved it. But if there are any questions from that from the from the national media, from other fans from around the from around the world, not even just the USA, from around the world, those questions can be answered in this postseason. But on Tuesday, I did my top five Giants starts from starting pitchers. Then on Wednesday, I did my top five home runs of the season. Trust me, that was a hard one to hard one to get down. On Thursday, I did my top five Gabe Kapler substitutions, and today want to go through my top five storylines overall from the 2021 season, and this was a tough one. All right. 
All right, here we go. So there were seven that I wrote down, seven prominent ones that I feel like uh, made a difference and got them to where they are today. But let's get to. But I whittled it down to five. I whittled it down to five. Let's get to number five. Number five. Number five on my list of top five storylines for this season. It's just the story of Lamont Wade. It's everything with Lamont Wade. What a story this guy was. Getting traded for Sean Anderson from the Minnesota Twins. And Sean Anderson, I I mean, Gabe Kapler loved Sean Anderson. Last year, it just kept on feeling like, why are you throwing out Sean Anderson right now? Is this really the time to be doing that? It felt like I was seeing Sean Anderson come in from the bullpen every single game last year. But he got traded for Lamont Wade. And Lamont Wade has just been so clutch the entire season, turns into the Willie Mack Award winner, but also he turns into late night, late night Lamont. High and deep to right, down the line, it is out of here! Exactly what Javier Lopez was talking about, and the Giants take the lead. <laughs> what an at-bat by Lamont Wade Jr., in every single at-bat he's had this year, it feels like he gets deep into the count. He's so patient at the plate. Now, granted, his his numbers aren't where you want them to be. It's not like he's had some outstanding numbers. I mean, he was only hitting two fifty three. However, he did have 18 home runs and 56 RBIs. But the reason that they called him late-night Lamont is because of what he did in the ninth inning. And overall, after the 2021 season, I'm going to repeat these numbers again. You've heard me talk about them all the time. But he was 13 for 23. That counts as a 565 average. He's had a home run, and he's had 12 RBIs. That's good for a 1.409 OPS, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, Lamont Wade, everything that happened with him this year, And then you close it all out by him turning into the Willie Mack Award winner. Just a great story overall for Lamont Wade. All right, let's get to number four. Number four. It's got to be that stretch for Brandon Belt toward the end of the season. Because Brandon Belt, you know, with me... I didn't know what he was going to be this year. Brandon Belt, he, I I remember seeing him at a San Jose Giants game once, and I was thinking, who is this guy who's hitting 370 with double-digit home runs and leading this team? Who is this Brandon Belt guy? Then he ends up getting called up to the team, and you know he's a, he's a champion along with the Giants. And these past few years, they have not been great for Brandon Belt. They really haven't. And, and, you know, I've always liked him. It's never been anything against Belt, but it just felt like whenever we're talking about the fall of this team, really ever since ever since 2016, whenever we talk about the decline, we always bring up Brandon Belt and the contract uh, that he received. But in 2021, man, he picked it up in the final 51 games of the season. He hit 21 home runs, which was more than anybody else in the major leagues. Again, 21 home runs in 51 games. And of course, you had that moment where he had the two home run game and he informed us afterward that his grandma had passed away. So he's going to dedicate this re- the rest of the season to her. And then the next month, You get Captain Belt, where he puts the C on his chest, and his dry sense of humor was starting to show. He said, well, I'm the team alpha, so the team's alpha has got to be the alpha. (laughs) And he puts the C on his chest. So Brandon Belt, closing out the season the way he did, I thought that was a great storyline this year. And overall, he finished with a 274 average with 29 home runs and 59 RBIs. And I really do wish we could have been, uh, I really do wish we could have been seeing him uh, this year. I really do. I I thought Brandon Belt was just so good. And the fact that he, 
you know, it's not even like he he forced the injury too. It's not like he's rounding second and heading the third and he pulls up with a hamstring. No, he gets hit by a pitch and he fractures his finger. It really stinks. It really does stinks the way that it ends, but we can't forget what happened toward the end of the regular season. All right, let's get to number three. Number three. The arc of the closer role. And what do I mean by that? The entire season, it feels like it was interchanging between Jake McGee and Tyler Rogers. They start out with Jake McGee, and don't get me wrong, Jake McGee, he was fantastic in the beginning of the season. He was frustrating me a hell of a lot. I'm not going to lie, I was pretty scared anytime he'd come up to pitch. But Jake McGee, because he only has a fastball, right? It's you know he, he had that one game where he was throwing, he threw half of his pitches were fastballs and half of them were sliders, and you're thinking, oh, wow. Well, that's different. But overall, he had the most saves this season than he's had in his 11-year career. Started out with the Rays, then went to Colorado, then was with the Dodgers for a year, and then came to the Giants. But Jake McGee was the de facto closer. Then when he got hurt, it turned into Tyler Rogers, And with the way that Tyler Rogers was pitching, you're thinking, oh, maybe he could be the closer. Then it went back to Jake McGee when he came back. Then it was Tyler Rogers being the setup man, Jake McGee being the closer. But then waiting in the wings was Camilo Doval. And Camilo Doval started out in the preseason, and I was told you got to watch out for this guy. I've been told since last year in 2020, Camilo Doval is that guy. I got I got a source, okay? I got a source, and I was told Camilo Doval is one to watch out for. And then he comes up this year, and you know the control wasn't there. We saw the we saw the talent. We saw that he had triple digit stuff. But he couldn't locate the fastball, and the slider wasn't really working because if the fastball is not working, then your slider, that secondary pitch, it's not going to work either. you got to get that primary pitch down. But then he comes back in from AAA, finely tuned, and I also think that this speaks to something that we're going to get to later on in this top five list. But Camilo Doval comes in, and the buzz that was surrounding Oracle Park when I first saw him live, which was back on Friday, which was a possible division-clinching game against the Padres. Remember, it was that game on Friday where they beat the Padres three to nothing, and then the Dodgers and the Brewers, uh, the Dodgers and the Brewers uh, ended up, uh, the Dodgers ended up beating the Brewers eight to five. And I never shut up about it, so you probably have heard it from me before. But the buzz that was surrounding Camilo Doval when he came in—that's what they created there. That's what they created. Like, Camilo Doval can be the guy this year. He could be the one where if you're up by one run and he comes in and, you know, maybe maybe with two out, or maybe you have two outs in the eighth and he needs to get four outs, a four out save. I think he could do that. But with just the way that the whole season, the closer role has changed. And now you've finally found your place with Camilo Doval. I think that's been a fantastic storyline this year. All right, let's get to number two on my top five list of Giants storylines from the 2021 season. Number two. Number two. I've really liked watching Logan Webb turning to an ace. That's my number two. Because Logan Webb and what he's done, I thought he was going to be a long relief pitcher. You know, a guy that you maybe bring in kind of like what Johnny Cueto's role is going to be in this postseason. I thought that's what Logan Webb's role was going to be. And I understand, why are you making this number two? All those other storylines are are just as good as this one. Well, really, hey, this is my list, and he's number two on my list. But Logan Webb not only turned into the ace of this staff, but he turned into one of the best pitchers in the National League down the stretch ever since he came back from the I.L., because when he went on that stint, it, it, it you know before that wasn't too great. Logan Webb was what you'd expect. He had some good stuff. He'd shown some you know he'd shown some flashes, but he wasn't consistent. But then he came back from the from the injured list, and now he ended up on the season overall with a three ERA, but with an eleven and three record, and a majority of that ERA came before he went on the IL. So he is my number two storyline, and specifically because he's going to be the guy pitching in game one tonight. He's going to be the guy pitching in game one tonight, and you're going to need him to be lights out. And by the way, since coming off the IL, 
2.63 ERA in his 17 starts, 104 strikeouts, 19 walks, and that man has been so clutch. That start he had against the Brewers when it looked like they were going to get swept in four games and he comes into the fourth game, you need him to get the win. You absolutely need your starter to do something because they hadn't been able to do anything against the Brewers in the three games previous. Then he comes out, gets the start, and then the final Sunday of the season where you need him to also get the win, the Giants end up winning that game 11-4 to when Logan Webb's on the mound, and now he's pitching game one. Just an insane storyline there for Logan Webb and what's been going on for this season. All right, let's get to my number one storyline for this Giants team in the 2021 year. Number one. Number one. This one's easy. This one's easy, but it's the turn of Gabe Kapler. It's everything that happened with Gabe Kapler this year. And it's not just Gabe Kapler. I'm going to throw in the entire coaching staff with this one. Because it's no longer just, yeah, you have a, you have a, a manager and then you got the, uh, the pitching coach and then you got the hitting coach. And it's just those three guys. This has turned into something completely different. And I understand that not a, not a lot of people like the new wave of analytics and all the stats that are involved in it. But something else that's involved with the new wave of baseball is the collaboration of the coaching. And I think that that's had everything to do with what's happened with Brandon Crawford, what's happened with Buster Posey, Camilo Doval, as I mentioned. They have those guys in the minor leagues working. There's a reason why, you know, the San Jose Giants, the low A team, the team from Eugene, whose name's escaping me right now, the high A team, there's a reason that they won the they won the division in their respective leagues. It's because of the coaching staff, as well as the players, but the coaching staff that develops these guys. And Gabe Kapler, the changes that he's made, I, I, I mentioned, that was a whole category for me yesterday, which, again, I totally botched, but Gabe Kapler, in the moves that he was making, it felt like he was making all the right moves this season. Every pinch hitter that he put in, every bullpen move that him and Andrew Bailey would collaborate on, or Bales, as he calls them. You'd always hear that after the game. Me and Bales got together and we made this decision. Like, everything that's gone on, the culture that with this team. I can't talk, can't talk enough about the resilience of them. You know, if a guy's going cold, he's not going to just let the, he's not going to just bench them and bring in another guy. He's going to give these guys their opportunities. And just all the practicing, I know that you you're thinking they're professionals, what do they need practice for? But when we had Kai Correa, who's also the bench coach and the or excuse me, not the bench coach, uh but the infield coach as well. Kai Correa came on and he gave us this in-depth look at how they've worked this year. And he, he gave like this three-minute-long answer of three things that they're doing differently that not a lot of teams are doing. And they were talking about how high-paced the practices are, the intensity, but also the short amount of time that the practices uh, in which the practices happen. There's all these different things that have surrounded that. And I think Gabe Kapler is at the forefront of it. Farhan has made the, some really good moves. Don't get me wrong, Farhan has has helped build this team to where it is right now, which is the best regular season team in Giants franchise history. But Gabe Kapler, that hire, everyone was questioning it. Everyone was wondering why are we do what what are we going to do with this guy? Gabe Kapler, there's no chance that he's going to be on the Giants in the next couple of seasons. We were saying that last year, and now it's almost as if Gabe Kapler is a Giants lifer, but it all matters what happens in the postseason. It all ha- matters what happens in the postseason. But that's my top five list right there for the storylines in the 2021 year. Number five was Lamont Wade turning into not only late night Lamont, but a Willie Mack Award winner. Number four was Brandon Belt and what he's gone through this season. Number three was how everything's worked out with the closer role. Number two was the rise of Logan Webb. And number one was how Gabe Kapler has managed this team. But we got to see some results here in the postseason. 
we got to see some results. And I want to play something from Matt Kane because I do think there's one specific player that I haven't talked nearly enough about, not only in this show, but in the entire week's worth of shows. But Matt Kane, he was on yesterday with Damon Ratto and Kolsky, and here's what he had to say about facing the Dodgers in the playoffs and how back when he was on the Giants, that's all they talk about. That was something that we had always you know, wanted to be a part of is be able to play those guys in the playoffs. Uh, it never worked out that way, but it was it was something that you knew there was going to be just a huge amount of rivalry. Um, it was just going to be the intensity was going to be so so much more I think than you know any of the other games, uh, and it was something that we we definitely you know flirted with the idea of throwing it out there. Now Brandon Crawford, Brandon Crawford doesn't strike you as the type of guy that's too emotional, right? I mean, <laughs> when, when they won the division and they do that production crew strategy where they put a camera on every player and they show each player celebrating, right? Each of the guys on the diamond, they always put the camera specifically on him. And Crawford, whenever they just won the division, it's as if he just won a regular game. Like, you'd think that it was just game 51 you know, in the month of July. Like, that's what you'd think if you would have seen Brandon Crawford after winning the division. But I got to imagine, with him growing up as a Giants fan and this being his first time to play against the Dodgers and with what Matt Cain was saying there about how they all talked about how they wanted to face the Dodgers, with him being a Bay Area guy, I can't imagine how much this series means to him. I can't imagine how intense he's going to be. How locked in he's going to be. I think this is going to be huge for Brandon Crawford. We already mentioned Buster Posey, and from the 574, I'm surprised Buster Posey didn't make the top five for you. I would have replaced Belt with Posey on that list. I was going back and forth with it. I really was, but Brandon Belt was damn near the best hitter in baseball for these last 51 games. And I had that on my list because this was actually what I titled the 66-year-old catcher. Because Buster Posey and Kurt Casale both combined for 36, Posey being 34 and Kurt Casale being 22. And interchanging both of them, you know, Buster playing two out of every three days and Kurt Casale coming in for that third day. And Kurt Casale just doing nothing but catching shutouts, that was up there too. That was up there, too. What's the other one that I had? Oh, yeah, and it's just the fact that the Giants hit the most home runs in, post, in, in franchise history with this team. With this team. And they don't even have a 30-home run guy. I know the Blue Jays are at the top of the leaderboard there, but, you know, they had Vlad Guerrero Jr. and all those guys who are hitting 30-plus. From the 707, if the Giants whoop on the Dodgers and go on to win it, who are you taking, Bocher Cap or too early? Oh, man, I'm not ready for that conversation. I'm not ready for that conversation. I just do know this, and real quick on Bochi, you know, with the Padres firing Jace Tingler, there was a piece by The Athletic where they went through the entire collapse of the Padres. I guarantee you, and this is what a coach said, a former coach said, quote, ain't no effing way that Bochi is going to that team with 